There are so many benefits to using audio that will ultimately help people consume the content you want them to consume. You're spending all this time creating it. You're putting all of this love and energy into creating it. So Why true. not put it in a format that makes it easy for them to consume? Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Nora Suddeth. My next guest is co-founder of Hello Audio and is a leading marketing and conversion strategist who has helped businesses sell over $500 million of products and services online. She's also designed several courses, coaching and certification programs that have generated millions more. Her name is Nora Suddeth. And if you're looking for ways to use audio for your business, especially when it comes to private podcasts, a new concept for me, so I'm interested in hearing more about it, this will be the episode for you. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com, where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And now, here's my interview with Nora Suddeth. Thanks for being here, Nora. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I know we had a bit of a switch of venue here. <laughs> All good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, so I... I like to start off these interviews by getting a bit of a story from you. So I wanted to ask you if you have an early memory of how sound moved you. Um, oh my goodness. So I, um, I'm actually adopted. So I, um, for me, family is very, very important. And so very early on, I've known since I was very young that I was adopted and um, just being in my parents' home and I would remember my dad, um, you know, ex-Marine, uh, served in Vietnam, you know, not a very emotional guy. Let's just say that. Um, and I remember when he played music in the house, it was almost, um, it, it just, it, it filled, it changed the, it changed the whole vibe of his personality. And I remember it being a small child and observing him and his demeanor and his shift when he would listen to music. And that to me, it was like that from that age on music and just sound, it, it changed everything. So when I just, I saw the, the instant shift in his, in his personality and how he, whatever was going on that day. And that has carried me with me. So till this day, when I'm now with my own kids, I'm like, oh, if we're having a bad day or something happens, we're going to put on, you know, their favorite song or just something to shift that energy. And it's amazing. But I, I will never forget that as, as a small child growing up. That's wonderful. And it's nice that he got to express his emotions however he could. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's yes. a good thing. Yeah. But music does have that power on us. Definitely. It can change a day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think even now, both of, I never was, um, I, it was probably one of my regrets in life is never picking up a musical instrument myself. I went into acapella when I was in high school, but then didn't continue it on. Um, but now both of my children play a musical instrument. And I will tell you going, a lot of parents are like, oh, band concerts, school band. They're my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I, I absolutely love sitting there. 
all sorts. I mean, from pet band and were the popular songs to concert band to jazz band to oh, marching okay. band. It's uh, we're we're all in. Uh, I think in what in about all the things at our house? Oh, uh, so my son plays trumpet. He uh, tried flugelhorn for a little while. That was interesting. And my daughter plays flute and piccolo. Um, so we'll see. At least right now, that's where they're at. We'll oh, see nice. where that where that kind of uh, takes us. But I. It, it's, you know, of all the things that are on my to-do list, I could sit at those band concerts all day. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's good support for the kids. And definitely, I think it'll help them later in life knowing how to play yes. an instrument. There's actually a correlation between learning and playing music. So yep. yeah, th these things are important, especially early it's on true. in life. Yeah, it's true. Even when I would say in my corporate life, one of the things we did when we were interviewing candidates is we would ask if they had musical experience or if they were an athlete, because it was also the training that musicians have to go through to perfect their craft. It's it takes persistence and resilience and and there's a commitment there. And it's 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 interesting. But that was one of the things we looked at when we were hiring high performance candidates. I could definitely see how that would be the case. Yeah, it should work out really well if they have that kind of discipline. It does take discipline. This is Absolutely. this is something you have to keep at if you want to be halfway decent at. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm a singer, so that's where I where I sort of got into the whole audio thing. But I'm curious as to how you got into the world of audio and especially to the world of podcasting because that is yes. definitely taking this to the nth level. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, I, it's funny, I never considered myself a podcaster. I've never had a public show. Um, where I was fascinated with audio was the mobility of audio and how I could incorporate all things audio into my life, like re truly just seamlessly integrating audio into my life, whether I was walking the dogs, whether I was sitting in that carpool lane at pickup time at the school and, and as a busy you know, high performing professional, I had content that I wanted to listen to. We all, you know, have things that we want to listen to, whether that's paid content, you know, courses and, and coaching programs that we've invested in, or even these amazing like podcasts like this one, where we want to tune into the next episode, right? And, and kind of hear what's happening and get these amazing golden gems that your guests are dropping. And so for me, audio was about mobility and convenience and accessibility and being able to incorporate that into an otherwise very busy lifestyle, especially when during my years in corporate where you're in meetings or you only have so many hours in the day where you're able to kind of consume that content. And so my, my journey started there. And actually when I had met Lindsay and Derek Padilla, who are the, the co-founders of Hello Audio, the three of us, we had originally started because we were all very much passionate, just, well, I'm obsessed with client success. And so being able to be a course creator or helping other folks create courses or, or coaching programs, we knew that they have to consume the information, right? They, if, if you look at the statistics in terms of course creation, you'll, depending on which study you read, it can be as low as 3% that are, you know, completing courses or even maybe as high as 20 as I, and I question that. I wonder if that's even inaccurate, but that said, that's still very low compared to the amount of folks that are investing in courses. And so that's actually how this whole concept started for us was that it was a, this, our Hello Audio product was originally called Podcast Your Course. And it was all about about just allowing folks to be able to consume this content to get the results that they that they wanted. And so oddly enough, that's kind of how it started. And, and because we were using 
private podcast to help deliver this content, it was like, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm a podcaster without, I'm an accidental podcaster, I guess, is, is kind of how I saw it because I wasn't putting that content out in a public way. I was keeping that content in a private podcast that was gated or more controlled in terms of who was able to get access to that and for how long. And that really was how we started was it was all it was if you, if you think about your normal public podcast, you think about great shows like this one, right? You're interviewing people, um, you're having great conversations and private podcasts are different in the sense that they look and feel just like a normal public podcast. You can play them on your favorite podcast app that you're probably listening to this one on as well. But at the as the owner, as the creator, you get to control who gets access to that content and for how long. So you have all of this amazing convenience of being able to turn, turn off that phone screen, get some screen free time, put it in your pocket, do whatever it is you're doing, go about your day, and you're consuming this amazing content. And now you're not just having, you're not just kind of limited to public content, you're now able to create, to listen to and consume this premium content that was either gated through an opt-in or gated through a paid, whether, you know, it's a paid course or a premium service. Uh, but that, to me, that's the game changer. And that's how we started uh, getting into podcasting. Yeah, that's huge. Well, you just answered four of my questions. Oh, so. awesome. <laughs> we can I go can, home I now. I can elaborate. No, I can. And I can <laughs> yeah. give more detail, too. Well, the, the really, yeah, that, wait, overachiever. No, <laughs> okay. but the cool part, I will say this, there's a few more differences between, because I'm guessing one of the big questions that everyone has is what's the difference between a public podcast and a private podcast? And yes, so we definitely. talked a little yeah. bit about the difference in terms of being able to control. I will say there's two more differences that everyone should know about. One is the delivery of content. So in public podcasts just like this, content is pushed on a date driven. So this episode is dropping on a very specific date and it's dropping for everyone who's subscribed to this podcast. It's date driven. And you can do that content delivery method in private podcasts. You can have your, your episodes being delivered for everyone on a specific date. You can also choose to have an instant feed where all of your content is there at the same time. That's great for courses or for um, things that have a, a very defined container and you want people to kind of Netflix or binge it, right? Right? as they go. The really cool part about private podcasts is, is you can also create a dripped feed. So I can actually, and it could be listener specific. So I could actually release something on day one and that day one is whenever that individual opted in or gr was granted access to that private feed. And then, you know, if you wanted to opt in next week, your day one would be next week. If I opted in today, my day one would be today. And we're both listening to the same podcast, the same private podcast, but we're on individual schedules which is actually very interesting for like evergreen challenges or evergreen launch material or things like that, uh, which is different. The other, I think the big difference between private podcasts, which is something you can't do with public podcasts, and that's listener specific content. So in a private podcast, access is actually tied to that listener's specific email address. So when that listener activates that feed, loads it in their app, we know exactly when they're listening and what episodes they're listening to because it's tied to that email address. So we have very granular analytics that we don't get with public podcasts. And now based on what they're listening to, we can take actions. So if they listen to downloaded your 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 webinar episode, so you created a podcast version of your webinar, 
Now we know that their awareness level in your marketing funnel is a little higher. So you might choose to take a different action or follow up with them with a different email than you would have for someone that did not listen or consume that episode. Not only can you do that, you can tag. So now we're getting into a little bit of like audio CRM land. You can tag listeners. So if I have buyers and non-buyers who are listening to the same feed, I can actually slip episodes or slip dynamic content in per listener that is relevant for them. So for my non-buyers, I might send a promo or I might send testimonials related to the course that I want them to buy. And for my buyers, I might slip them a bonus episode or something specific. So now, not only is it just being able to, to create the convenience of listening on the go, now we're really, private podcasts enabled you to really be more relevant with the content that you're dropping per listener, which is something that public podcasts can't do. So that's, that's, those are probably the biggest differences between public and private feeds. I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days, so I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast, like Elaine Grant, who called the show insightful, practical, eye-opening. As a veteran public radio producer and host, she says, and now an entrepreneur running a podcast consultancy, I thought I knew about the world of audio. Truth is, I knew just a small slice of this big and important world. I've learned so much from every episode. I need to re-listen and furiously take notes. I can't recommend audio branding highly enough. Thank you for taking the time to leave your comment, Elaine. It means so much to me. And now, back to the show. Yeah, that's really exciting, too. I mean, there's definitely, um, I think that users are more interested in dynamic content these days. They just want things that are more tailored to them. They want authenticity, and that's how to give it to them. But there's also another question here, and and maybe you could expand on this, because I know you did touch about it. You, You touched on it a little bit before, but why audio instead of audio and video? I love it. So I'm we're not anti-video. I know I'm I'm not. And I think that's important to state because um Amy Porterfield is a user of Hello Audio as well. And she said, Hey, before I just want to make sure that you're not anti I was like, absolutely not. You have gorgeous videos. We love video. And what studies have shown is that of all the mediums that we can use, all the communication channels that we can use. So we're looking at written format form, we're looking at audio, we're looking at video. Audio proves to be the most memorable. And so if we look at what these studies are, are showing, it's, it, if we're looking at who's consuming what, what pieces of content, we're seeing heart rate increases. We're seeing folks that actually remember, that have, that, uh, remember the content more clearly, and they're a lot more likely to take action. So that, to me, is like, why are we not using this medium more if it's actually if it's working and it's getting through to folks? So video is a great option. I know for me personally, and I know for a lot of our folks that we've, we've polled about this, when they watch videos... We're not really watching the video. We have 75 other tabs open on our whatever machine you're using and we're multitasking. And so a lot of times we're not actually watching the video in, in at all. Um, if you're out there and you actually teach more visual content, you're like, well, of course, because I'm teaching them where to click. 
And so what we've seen there is studies show that even if you're allowing folks to consume that content in audio first, you're, you're giving them the ability to, we all know we're learning, it's, you know, re repeated uh, repetition is key when you're, when you're trying to learn something and you're giving them an opportunity to pre-frame their entire experience. So by allowing them to binge and out audio before they watch your videos and the step-by-step -step and the clicking, you're actually giving them an understanding of where you're taking them. And they've heard it once. So when they do it, if you're if you're whatever teaching, whether it's Facebook ads and you have people in your in the ad manager, which can be kind of confusing and you're clicking through things, they've heard it once, which is actually it makes them it makes it easier for them to navigate even with visual information. So we're seeing big benefits with audio in terms of memorability, more likely to take action. But also, even if you do have visual content, it still helps them learn. It helps them feel less um, nervous or anxious if they're learning something new. At least we're, we're kind of taking down some barriers and those friction points to getting them to take that action, which is, which is key. So audio is, it, it is really convenient. People actually will consume it. So if we think about, I think the other piece about video versus audio Video does require you to be looking at a screen, right? Whether you're you're sitting here at a desktop or even a laptop or, or even on your phone, you have to be looking at that screen. And so what audio does is it unlocks all of the hours of the day when we're not sitting here at the screen. And so it actually expands your ability to reach your audience as well. And so sure. while we love video, there's absolutely a place we're not saying video is dead by any stretch of the imagination. There are so many benefits to using audio that will ultimately help people consume the content you want them to consume. You're spending all this time creating it. You're putting all of this love and energy into creating it. So Why true. not put it in a <laughs> format that makes it easy for them to consume? Yeah, exactly. And it fills in all those little spaces, as you say, so you can be doing other things while you're listening instead of yes. having to be glued to a screen. So that does. Yeah. Yes. I, I and, and post pandemic, I would even say most folks are looking for ways to escape more hours of the screen. And, you know, here in the U.S., um, you know, in, in, in North America, when it is summertime, people are going to be spending more time outdoors or not attached to their computer. And so, you know, you have to reach your audience where they're at and they're, they're on their phones or they're mobile. They're not necessarily sitting here for hours on end. Yeah, very true. When you say that companies are using this, what are they using it exactly for? So you've mentioned courses. Um, could this be used as like a company intranet kind of like, you know, informing people of the company of what what's going on inside the company? What other uses do people have for this? I love that. Such a great question. So we typically see three big buckets of how people are three main categories of how people use private podcasts. The first, which we've kind of talked about is marketing, right? It's, it's a great way to reach your audience. It's a great way to get your content out there, whether it's lead magnets, whether it's your email newsletters that you're reading or your blogs that you're actually turning into a private podcast, lots of opportunity on the marketing side. We also talked about fulfillment or delivery so that the courses, the coaching call replays, anything that you're creating for your customers or your clients that you want them to be able to consume, we see a lot of that in fulfillment as well. And then what you just touched on were internal uses or um, employee uses as well. And so what we're seeing now is that there's been 
an expansion of using private podcasts internally. So two big uses we're seeing is with, yes, internal calls, inter especially as we see global companies that have a geographically distributed workforce and everyone's on different time zones. And no one really, I will tell you, no one wants another all hand Zoom call. No one wants it. Oh, it's no. not, no one, no one does. <laughs> we've, so, had, but now, we've had enough. <laughs> yes, we've had so many, yeah. too many Zoom calls. And, and it's hard to find a time zone that's going to work for everyone. Instead, what we're seeing is the CEO, and, and I will say this, the companies that survived this pandemic and the distributed, the geographically distributed workforce are the folks that communicated. It's the folks that excelled in company communication. And so being able to use internal or these private podcasts internally to, to create memos from the, the CEO, memos from your direct supervisor, to share success stories from your clients so that not even if you have employees that aren't necessarily interacting with clients directly, everyone gets to hear what they're doing, the impact that they're making in this world, right? I think that's really important from a morale standpoint and just to keep everyone focused on your company mission or your vision. So internal podcasts for sure. And then the other thing we've actually started to see folks do is onboarding. So onboarding with audio, not just employees, but also potentially clients as well. On the employee really side, it's it's fascinating. I mean, you remember yeah. the days of of employee handbooks that you know oh, good God, lord. You know, yeah. Exactly. And that's everybody's response. That? Yeah. Oh my God. Everyone's like, I Never please. Fun. Don't make me read this 50-page document, which I'm going to fall asleep reading, and then I'm going to sign it. And I have no idea what I read. Yeah. And but you'll skim it. You, yeah. Oh, exactly. you totally skim it. That's It's horrific. And now what we're yeah. seeing is people are putting that information into audio, and it comes to life. Think about how flat, how you know, lack or void of, per even if you're a great writer, and believe me, all the great writers are not necessarily spending time on the employee handbook. They're usually spending time on their marketing materials, right? Or their delivery materials. So the employee handbook is just kind of flat. It doesn't have your brand in it, right? And so what we're seeing is that when people actually take that content and they're putting in an audio, what a difference that that onboarding experience is for that new employee when they hear directly from the CEO, hear the story about how the company was formed, hear the values of the company, not just written in a bullet, a bulleted list, right? That doesn't necessarily help explain why they're there. It doesn't necessarily give that employee the understanding of the passion behind it or the or the stories or the or the rationale behind why these values it just, it makes the employee onboarding experience completely different. It actually starts to build culture from day one. And that's, yeah. to me, that's a huge, that's an overlooked opportunity for so many companies because, you know, I mean, how many, how many days does it take them to get set up in your email system or Slack or all mm -hmm. the things that they need access to? Whereas the private podcast is the, as soon as they are hired, you can send them access and they can start getting onboarded right away. It's a big opportunity out there. Totally. And you can use that for the audio branding of the company. So if yes. you are using a podcast, you're able to add the audio elements that make up the company and who it is. So you can get a very visceral impression of who the yes. company is through that intranet or that, that internal podcast. I think it's a great idea. I, I love the idea of that. You can let an, a new employee, a new hire understand exactly who the company is in a very short amount of time even yep. whether they're paying entire attention or not. <laughs> right. 
I mean, they're not paying attention to that employee handbook, but now they're actually interested. Now they can yes. hear directly from their supervisor, hear directly from other team members. How great would it be to have a message from your other team members welcoming you to the team, right? And, and hear those, I mean, yes, you can go to the website and you can read the client testimonials that are on the company website, but what if you heard from that customer in their own words? What if you could hear the emotion? What if you could hear the, the the impact that that company has made and what a difference and how with the, the pride that you're stepping into on day one when you show up to that company, totally different. Yeah, very different experience. I love that. So that's a great use for that. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. As far as content creation is concerned, when are you using Hello Audio podcasts for actual content creation? Because we're we're sort of like, yes, definitely. I, I love the idea of using it internally in a company. And, you know, there are also obviously many opportunities for this to be a way for you to uh, get courses out there and that kind of thing, which people could pay for or not pay for. But True. what about content creation that is free that just you're just trying to put out into the world? Is that something that you like it would be a lead magnet or like yep. what would you use that for? Yeah, lead magnet. So we have um, I'll give you a few examples because I've got some stories of folks that actually used Hello Audio or private podcasts for their sure, lead magnet. So, you know, let's let's talk about that ebook or that PDF, right? The downloadable PDF, which is a very common lead magnet. Lots of folks talk about they they promote it, lots of marketing gurus. Oh, you need a that PDF. We all know, I know I'm guilty of this when I download the PDF. I have a graveyard. I probably have multiple graveyards of PDFs, right? Whether I they're, still hear you on that one. Yeah, they're everywhere. I don't even know yeah. where some of them exist, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many, and I have great intentions. I downloaded that PDF, and I was like, "That's awesome. That sounds super sexy. Yes, I want it." And then the other thing I said was, "I'll get to that later." And it ended up just going into the graveyard of PDFs with, you know, again, the best of intentions. And what that does. Even it, it can be an amazing piece of content, but it actually removes folks from the sales cycle. It removes folks from engaging with your company and it ends up in that graveyard of PDF. And so what we've had is some folks that had that ebook, you know, that, and it's still amazing content. There's nothing wrong with the content. It's still very relevant, still very engaging. And they switched it for a private podcast version of the same content. And all of a sudden we saw even the best conversion rates for cold traffic. We saw some of the best ones that were converting at 20% with that ebook, which I was like, wow, that's really amazing to cold traffic. That shot up to 80%. 
with the audio version of the book. And and there's a few wow. reasons for that, right? Because if we see an audio version of that content, first of all, your prospects are going to trust themselves more to actually consume it because I'm not the only one that knows how I'm not going to read this, right? And just, I want it, but I'll get to that later. Probably is ultimately going to mean I'm not, right? So if it's, it's that there's a higher perceived value of that content when you put it in audio, right? If, and there's nothing wrong with that written content, it's just, if you look at the perceived value of it, not only are they hearing from you, the author, the creator, which there's value to you, there's value to your voice, there's value to the time that you're taking, the way that you're going to communicate that that information with, with your user. There's also value in the way that you're opening up that person's time. You're actually making it easier and more convenient for that person to consume that content, which ultimately makes the the offer, whether it's a, it's a lead magnet is still an offer, it's just a free offer but you're increasing the value of that offer by making it easier and more convenient. And it's a differentiator. It's kind of a pattern interrupt. How many people do you know that are offering, you know, that audio private podcast version of it? You can also do some pretty cool stuff with that lead magnet. You can make it expire so you can create urgency. Hey, this is a pop-up podcast. We're going to have this list. This series is going to be available for the next three days. So consume it kind of similar to a video launch series, but now we're doing it over audio and making it more convenient. So you can create, and, and I guess, you know, back to that, your, your question on the creation piece, even if you are creating this lead magnet or this content that you're trying to attract clients and customers with for the first time, think about how much easier it is to create an audio version of it versus video. So if you're out there and you're like, you know, I've been trying to create this video series or these these video um, lead magnets and these training things for, for months, but I have to get my lighting right. I've got to get my hair right. I have to, you know, then I have to edit it. And oh, editing video is, is difficult because I was over to the left of the frame when I said one thing and then I shifted over or I flipped my hair and I look different. So it looks kind of funky. When I edit, audio editing has none of those things. Like it's so much easier. So if you think about just how fast you're able to create content with audio, we're talking rapid content creation because it eliminates so many of the other things. And because of that, you're able to get messages out to your audience faster. You're able to test new angles. You're able to test to see what people are most interested in. And to me, that is everything when you're trying to communicate with your audience. It's fast. It's easy. And it really is something that your audience values. And they're like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to try that. I've never seen that before. I actually might consume that versus that P PDF that's that's going to sit in the graveyard for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and a great use of it as well. I, I love the idea of making a lead magnet, an audio piece, as opposed to just a PDF. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time, 